I'm here ready for the word of the Lord today. Come on now as we welcome our online audience. We're so glad that you're here. Whether you're here in person or you're watching online, we're so thankful you're taking time to be with us. If you ever have a chance to be in, here in person, we encourage you to be our guest. We'd love to meet you, send you home with some free gifts, and just let you know that we love you and appreciate you so much. We are continuing a series we started last week on authority. Uh, we believe that God has given all believers a God-given delegated authority. It's for every believer we've been given this delegated authority from God. All authority comes from the Father and is delegated to us from the Son. It's been given to us. Now today, I want to answer two questions. Number one, how can you lose authority? That's the one, right? Uh, if I can get it, I want to make sure I don't lose it, right? So how can you lose authority? And number two, how can you use authority? And so this is an awesome teaching. I believe that it's so important that every believer has this understanding. God's given it to you. He wants you to learn to use it. So let's go right to our text in Matthew 8, verses 5 through 10. Wonderful story about about delegation. It's a wonderful story about authority. Let's pick it up. Jesus is having lunch, and it says a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home, paralyzed, suffering terribly. And Jesus said to him, shall, shall I come and heal him? Centurion replied, Lord, I, I don't deserve to even have you come under my roof. But look what he says, but just say the word. Just say the word, and my servant will be healed. For myself, I am a man under, what? Authority. Let's say that. For myself, I am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one to go, and he has to go. And that one comes when he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. How often do you hear that in Scripture? Jesus was amazed and said to those following him, Truly, I tell you this, I, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Jesus had been teaching his disciples. He had 12 interns that he was called to work with them. He's pouring every day into them. He's trying to teach them all throughout his time with them that they have a God-given authority, that they have a spiritual authority that's delegated to the Father, to Jesus and Jesus was delegating it to them. And Jesus was constantly teaching on this, illustrating on this. And this man, who was not a disciple, this man who was not one of his interns, comes up and is like, Jesus, I need you to heal him. But if you just say the word, you don't have to go and lay hands on him. You just say the word, and it must be done. And then automatically, Jesus is like, wow. He was so, so crazy about this. Jesus calls the time out in the middle. He's like, listen, time out, time out. Disciples, come here. Interns, come here. Have you, I've never, including all you guys, who I've been trying to teach you this illustrated lesson for, for months and months now. I've been trying to teach you this. He calls the time out. I said, listen, I have never seen anyone in all of Israel who understands this great of faith. 
this man understood spiritual authority. Now, you and I have the blessing of having spiritual authority taught to us throughout the scripture. We can look back now on all of Jesus' teaching. We can look back at all the disciples, all of Paul, all of Peter. We can look at all of this, this, the teachings on the spiritual authority we have, and we can understand it, comprehend it. But at this time, it was Jesus was bringing this fresh word to his disciples. They were not getting it, and this guy got it. And it, what happened, Jesus calls a timeout, and he gets really, really excited about this in amazement they got this he goes i was amazed he was amazed jesus says i i was amazed i tell you the truth and i found this in all of israel and jesus was so amazed it, it amazes jesus see jesus gets excited when believers understand spiritual authority i, I don't want to rush past this point because it happened there live in the New Testament. Jesus there, it happened live. Jesus got excited. But I want to make it very clear to you today that when you start understanding spiritual authority and begin to use it, Jesus has the same reaction now. He gets really excited when believers understand their God-given spiritual authority and they, they use it. You think he likes it, that he's given us a spiritual authority and we let the enemy push us around? No. He's like, I've given you this tool. I've taught you how to operate where the enemy doesn't dominate your life. I've given you authority, delegated authority, so that you can overcome any obstacle in your life. Some mountains he moves. Some mountains we have to climb with him. Some mountains we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Some mountains we walk around. Others we climb together. Others he moves out of the way. But either way, he is with us all along and he has given us a spiritual authority and he gets really excited, just like I'm getting excited today. He gets really excited when we use and operate in spiritual authority. I mean, I would love to have that testimony that my behavior, my spiritual behavior amazed Jesus, that he got really excited when I began to put faith into action, that I put the strengths he's given to you and I. This soldier says, under the king's authority, he goes, I am under the king's authority and my soldiers are under my authority. And so when the king gives me an order, I pass it down to my soldiers and those in command, and they pass it on to their soldiers, and they all obey. It's an order of authority. It's a chain of submission. It's an order of delegation that operates, and we see it operating throughout the soldier's army, and he goes, it's the same way in God's army. You just say the word, and the spirits must obey. You just say the words, and your servants must obey. He understood it. it. It amazed Jesus, and Jesus got really, really excited. And I want you to understand this. this is, it's a shame. I, I shared this last week, and I believe it to be true. It's not an official poll. It's just my observation over several years of ministry that 75% of all believers never use their God-given authority. And I want that number to change at Destiny Church. I want people to walk in their God-given authority. I want that to reverse around. I, I want to see 75% of you walking in your God-given authority. I want to see you walking around, praying for the sick, encouraging co-workers at your work, praying for your neighbors, praying for your family, praying for your fellow believers here at the church, and people are being healed. People are being encouraged. 
Why? Because God uses you just like he uses me. I am nothing special more than you. God does not favor me more than you. God wants to give you spiritual authority. So today, if you go to a church and they teach you the only person that can lay hands on you is the pastor, the only person that can pray for you is the pastor, I'm telling you that is not correct because throughout Scripture we see what God has given all believers authority. And even as we read it last week, it's over not just a spiritual authority, but over all disease. He said that we can pray, we can believe. So we got to, yeah, thank you for that. Woo, amen, all right. I'm excited too, I love it. No wonder Jesus gets excited because so few learn to use it. So he gets really excited when he sees people learning to use their God-given authority. Now, remember in high school, the kid who says, I can't wait to graduate. Remember we had, we had those friends that said, I can't wait to graduate. I'm so tired of my parents telling me what to do. I'm so tired of my teachers telling me what to do. I'm so tired of everybody, everybody telling me what to, I can't wait to graduate. I'm going to leave this town, get on my own. I'm so tired of having everybody tell me what to do. Anybody remember those good people? How many was that person? Don't, don't raise your hand, don't raise your hand. But usually, not always, but usually those people end up in one or two places as they grow a little bit older. Jail or the military, right? Why? Because if we don't learn to submit to authority, society will make us submit to authority. There's no way we can get away from submitting to authority. There's no way. And if we don't like it, society will teach us how to submit. Even if it's got to lock us up. Even if it's got to punish us, fine us, whatever happens, they will teach us. Society will make you, will humble you, and it will make you submit to people who are in authority over you. You, we can't escape it in our life. You may not like it. I get it. But it's an operation of delegation that we have to learn to submit to authority. 1 Corinthians 11.3 says, But there is one thing I want you to know. The head of every man is Christ, and the head of every woman is a man. And what? And the head of Christ is God. Now, we read this, and I, I know some husbands are already smiling that I read that scripture today. But don't, don't get too excited, ladies. I'm going to bring the balance. Don't worry. I got your back, okay? Don't get too excited, husbands. God was just trying to show a flow of authority and how it works in our life. I'm going to ask the Dillard family to come over and stand on the side of the stage and help me out with this illustration today. I am really excited about spiritual authority. And one of the things that we learn is this, that if we will get under God's authority, that blessings happen. And what I want to illustrate to you, so if Pastor Joe, come here, Pastor Joe, if Pastor Joe comes up and he gets under God's authority, what happens? Now he's walking under God's authority in his life. Now God is protecting him. Now God is guiding him. Now God is empowering him. Now God's helping him through every mountain he faces. God's moving the mountains he needs moved. God's helping him climb the mountains he needs climbed. And God is with him every day because he is submitting now. And God is protecting him from the spiritual elements that he's going to have to face, from the things he's going on in his life. And he submits to authority in his life. But according to scripture, what we see is this, if Pastor Joe will get under spiritual authority, then his wife, Pastor Jen Kamir, she will also follow the husband and she will get in under spiritual authority. 
And this is a big deal. I wish my wife would get under authority. Well, how about you get under God's authority, and then your wife will get under your authority as well, that God's placed in your life. See, and husbands, as you lead your wife, this is so important, because as you lead your wife under spiritual authority, then the children come. Come on, A. Come on, Baylor. Come on, give it up. These good-looking students right here, yeah. See, mom is nurturing the children. Mom is teaching the children. And as they follow mom and mom follows dad, what happens? My whole family gets under spiritual authority and they can walk in a place of blessing because dad led the way. Now, single moms, this works for you as well. You may not have a husband right now, but you get under God's authority and let God bring the right person into your life when the time is right. Don't, don't hold out saying, well, I'm waiting until God brings me a man to get under. No, you get under now. Bring your children with you. Why? Because your children need to follow God's authority. Husbands, your children need to follow God's authority. I don't know why I have a problem. Could it be? I'm just throwing it out there for just a question. Could it be my, my children don't want to obey anyone at school? They don't obey the teachers. won't obey the principals. They don't want to obey anybody else. Could it be that maybe... And Baylor, this is not intended toward you, I'm promising. <laughs> but could it be that if dad, mom, if we would get under spiritual authority, that God would allow our children to get under authority as well? And what happens if dad walks out of spiritual authority, Pastor Joe walked to the right, if he leaves spiritual authority and his wife follows him, then what happens to the children? They follow them and all of a sudden, they're all, it's a chain reaction. They're all out of spiritual authority because dad led them out or mom led them out. This is such an important lesson for every believer to have. I'm not just dealing with spiritual authority for myself. It affects my whole family. It affects my children. It affects my marriage. Give these guys a hand. You did a great job today. Thank you. Spiritual authority, we are all called to walk under spiritual authority. Now look at the balance of this in, in 1 Corinthians eleven ten 10 through 12. But among the Lord's people, our women are not independent of the men, and men are not independent of the women, right? We need each other. For although the first woman came from a man, every other man has was born from a woman. And everything comes from God. So what he's saying was this. He's like, listen, don't go around quoting the scripture that woman came from your rib and your side. And now they, they got to be under you. No, he goes, they came from the side of you, not from your heel. They were not born under you. They were born next to you, signaling, symbolizing a partnership that even though God has called a man to lead the home in spiritual authority, he says, you need each other. It's not a man who's, who's trying to be an authoritarian over his family and, and rule over his wife. But he goes, remember, just as she came from your side, every other man, every other man was born of a woman. She gave birth to you. It's a partnership in authority. It's, he came from the side, signifying that God wants us to walk side by side. But what God was trying to show us and what he was trying to teach us here in his teaching was that we submit one to another. And there is a chain of command that we need to learn to submit to spiritual authority. He was showing us a chain of authority, how it continues to go down and down. See, when a man leaves God's authority, he brings his wife with him. When a man leaves God's authority, he brings his wife with him. And when a woman leaves God's authority, she brings her kids with her. Moms, dads, 
Come on now. You, you got, this is important. You are submitting to spiritual authority because you are bringing the next generation up. You are bringing them up under God's authority. And if you go out and get away from God's authority, your children will never operate under the blessing of spiritual authority. And they will probably, there's a good chance they'll never come back under spiritual authority. So you, as a father, have got to make sure, as for me and my house, we're going to submit to God's authority. Mom, as for me and my house, me and my children, we're going to submit to God's authority. It's important, very, very important. Look at Romans 13, 1 and 2 says, everyone, that's all of us in case you don't understand Greek and Hebrew, okay? Everyone must submit to governing authorities. Come on now, are you kidding me? Are you, does the Bible really say, this is the Bible, don't get mad at me, this is the Bible. Everyone must submit to governing authorities for all authority comes from God. And those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and they will be punished. What's that mean, Pastor Gene? It means simply this. Even if we don't like our boss, we got to submit. Even if I don't like my teacher, i got to submit. Even if I don't like the governor, i got to submit. I, even if I don't like the president, I've got to submit. When is it okay not to submit? When their, their orders directly ask you to disobey what God's word says about your life. When they, when they come against God's word and they tell you, what you to do something and it goes against what God has asked us to do, then you, you have the authority not to obey. But otherwise, we are to submit to those who are in authority over us. What would happen if we pray for our leaders as much as we gripe about our leaders? What would happen if we post prayers about our leaders instead of posting negative things on social media about our leaders? Let's stop trying to change the White House and let's change our house first. How about that? Let's start there. I get it. Listen, when, when it's open voting season, campaign, vote for your candidate. Pray about it. Get the most godly people you can there. But let me tell you, if, if you've not read scripture, I want to make it very clear to you. There's going to have to be some people in authority that are not following God. For the things to, to come out the way they are the, in the end times that the Bible says will happen, there's going to have to be some people there. So my job is to vote how God leads me to vote, and then I am to submit. I don't have to like it. I don't have to like it, and I can try to change it the next time I have a chance to vote. But when, while in office, I am called to submit to those in authority over me. And that's hard sometimes. It's really hard sometimes when that person that you voted for didn't go in, and now you get to vote for the opposite person who you didn't prefer or don't even prefer, don't even like. And you see, man, if they would just do this, and it would affect me, and it gets really challenging. Sometimes it's really easy, and then we're like, hallelujah, our man's in, our girl's in, woo, you know? We're all spiritual then, but the real challenge comes when the person who is leading is not the person you voted for. But I, can I tell you this? This can be some of the biggest keys to unlocking spiritual authority in your life, that when you go ahead and submit anyway, even though I don't prefer it, I'm going to pray for them, I'm going to lift them up in prayer, I don't like them, but I'm going to pray for them. God help them. God, God protect them. God make them, give them wise counsel, surround them with wise counsel. 
How many people want to, to admit today that you've been messing with witchcraft all week? Anybody want to admit to that? No hands, surprisingly. Okay, let's read 1 Samuel 15, 23, though. Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft. Whew, I know, that's tough, isn't it? But he didn't say rebellion was witchcraft, but he says is as wrong as witchcraft. When we rebel against those in authority over us, it's, we might as well be out there doing witchcraft according to how bad it is. This is what God, God really, really gets upset when believers don't submit and they rebel. How do I rebel? I rebel against those in authority over me. It really, really pushes a message with us, right? When, when I live in rebellion against people in authority over my life, I'm stepping out. See, this is what happens. When I live in authority, under authority, I'm in God's blessing. When I step out of God's authority, I'm in rebellion, I'm not submitting to them. I'm not submitting to that boss. I can't stand him. I'm not submitting to this person who's leading our country. I don't, I don't like them. I, I'm not submitting to them. And I get out from under that. What am I doing now? I'm leaving the chain of command that God says I need to submit to. God, why aren't you blessing me right now? God, why aren't you speaking the way you used to speak? Why, why am I not walking as much authority as I once did? Could it be? That you've chosen to step out of the chain of command of authority in your life, therefore stopping the flow of the blessing, flow of the power that God wants us to walk in in our life. See, when I submit to authority in my life, I unlock the flow of spiritual authority. So when I submit to the Lord, when I submit to my boss, when I submit to my, the person over me, to my teacher, when I submit to the politician I don't like and didn't vote for, when I, when I do my best to submit under those, what am I doing? I'm submitting to the chain of command that God's put over my life. And when I do that, blessing will follow that person. Spiritual authority will follow that person. And when I don't, I'm messing up the chain that God submitted for my life. But I don't, I don't like submitting to my boss. Man, you don't know my boss. I get it. I get it. That's why I'm teaching you all the time. Don't submit to your boss because they're your boss. Submit to them because God's placed you under them for this season of your life. And if I work as unto the Lord first, it doesn't make a difference what I'm doing right here with my boss because ultimately I submitted to the Lord all along in my life. And so I'm working my job not for my boss. I'm working it for my main boss, which is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And if I will do what's right, even though I don't like the boss I have, God will elevate me to a place of authority. Again, God can elevate me. You never know. You might be the boss next year. Come around this time next year. Been there, done that. Working part-time, submitting to bosses I didn't think were very godly, who didn't have it all together. They were very rude. I didn't like working for them, but I submitted to them because I knew that's what God had asked me to do. And then I go from part-time to assistant manager all the way to manager. Now I'm boxing and working the store all in one year. Why? Because there was a different spirit that I operated in. And God allowed that spirit to operate in my life. When I get under the things God's placed me under, he can put me over the things I need to be over in my life. Look at James 4, 7. We see this that James 4, 7 says, we resist the devil. We resist the devil. You ever heard someone say that before? Resist the devil and he will flee from you. 
Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. How many of you ever quoted that scripture? Raise your hand if you ever quoted that scripture in your life. Yeah, what's a popular scripture? But you just need to resist. You resist the devil, he'll flee. Sister, resist the devil. Brother, resist the devil, he'll flee. How about we quote the whole scripture? And this is what the whole scripture says in James 4, 7. Resist the devil, he will flee from you. That's only the second part. The whole scripture, first part says, therefore, submit to God. Then resist the devil, and he will flee from you. See, submission comes first. First of all, submit to God. Then resist the devil, and he will flee from you. It's not, oh, I just resist you, devil, resist you, devil. No, if I'm not under God's authority, that has no power. The power comes because I am under the authority of the command of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So when I submit to God's authority, I can resist the devil and he must flee from me. So how can you lose authority? By rebelling against God's authority. Very, 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 very easy, right? How can you lose authority? By rebelling against God's authority. How can you use God's authority? By submitting to God's authority. Rebel, you lose it. Submit, you gain it. 2 Corinthians 13, 10. I am writing you this before I come, hoping that I won't need to deal severely with you when I do come. I love what Paul says this to his, his leaders. I'm on my way. And look what he says. For I want to use the authority the Lord has given me to strengthen you and not to tear you down. Now, God gives you spiritual authority. What for? To strengthen people. We just saw this. He goes, I want to use my God-given authority to strengthen you, to build you up, not to tear you down. I use my spiritual authority to build people up, not to tear them down. You get it? We've all, probably the majority of us have all seen people who have abused spiritual authority one way or another. We've seen people who had spiritual authority, like, you need to submit to what I'm telling you, and they end up hurting people and wounding people. And let me just say, even though that, if that wasn't me, I want to apologize if any leader, any pastor in your past has ever hurt you by abusing their spiritual authority. That, that was not of God. And that was not God's will. Because spiritual authority will build you up. Even during correction will build you up. Even during when they're having to talk to you about important things, they also will build you up. It will encourage you. It will make you better. It will strengthen you. It won't tear you down. See, God's been giving me spiritual authority. Well, if he's giving you spiritual authority, then you need to start building people up. Spiritual authority encourages people. It doesn't tear them down. About six or seven years ago, I was attending a high school musical at my high school that I grew up in Oklahoma. My niece was performing there, and I went to watch her in her high school musical, and so I walked in, I walked down to the front to sit down, and I noticed these three people sitting in toward the front together. And it was my old principal, who was now the superintendent of the school district. There was his wife, who was my favorite teacher. And then my English teacher, who went on to become the principal of that school. And I walked in, and we, I stopped, and I was looking for a place to sit, and all of a sudden, their eyes locked on me. 
and my eyes locked on them. I was like, you're a lot older than I remember. <laughs> but pretty soon it started coming back to me all, all, all of a sudden. And we looked at each other and we started grinning. And I go, well, 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 we are together again right here on campus. The authoritarians and the rebel child right here. And to all of my teachers and to all of my administrators, let me just say, I'm sorry. Really, I really am. I was not an easy student to, to, to lead. And, you know, I, I loved my favorite time to lead was when we had a substitute teacher. You know what I'm talking about? If we had a substitute teacher, I knew that it was only a few moments before I was going to be leading that class. I did. And so the substitute would come in and I would make my way up to buddy up with a substitute teacher. How you doing? Can I help you out? What's going on? Oh, this is the, hey, we do roll call for you. And, you know, I'm helping them get through. And they're like, yeah, I appreciate this. You know, this guy's such a good, willing student. And I'm like, uh, you know, this, this, this is a math class. This is algebra. I just want to let you know, like, our teacher likes us working with numbers. So they usually let us play cards in class so we can count and multiply and work on, you know, work on our, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And so pretty soon we got like five card games broke out in the, in the classroom. And, you know, and it's, just, it's just everybody's having fun, you know. We're learning, right? We're learning numbers. And there was something that happened was this, that, see, once the teacher, once that substitute believed a, a little lie, that may have stretched out long ways. They lost control. Once they believed the little lie, I told them they, they would lose control. Uh, they usually let us watch a, a movie or something in the cabinet here. We can go get the TV. Yeah, okay. Once they believed, they lost full control of the classroom. Substitute teachers, I'm sorry, okay? But once they believed a small lie like that, they lost complete authority in the classroom. See, Look at this. The enemy takes away our spiritual authority by getting us to believe these lies. The enemy will come to us with small lies like, you know, God, God doesn't really like you as much as he likes that person over there. Yeah, God's grace is big, but you've blown it way too much in your life. You don't get as much as everybody else. You better work extra hard. Never had a, the love from the father or a love from a parent or a mother the way you really wanted and you worked all your life to get it and you didn't get it so the enemy comes along beside you and says, you gotta earn it. You gotta earn God's love. He doesn't really love you even though he's proven it, even though he's shown it, even though he's spoken, even though he's, he's taught us. The enemy wants us to believe these lies. Why? Because it strips us away. When I believe the lies of the enemy, I get under God's authority. When I believe a lie of the enemy, well, God doesn't love me as much as he does. God didn't die for me. He died for everybody else. God's spiritual authority isn't for me. It's for everybody else. It takes away that spiritual authority out of my life, and I walk out of it. I can't allow myself to believe the lies of the enemy. But let me tell you what the Bible says about the lies of the enemy. It says that Satan is the father of what? All lies. So if he's telling you God doesn't love you, you should say, thank you for the confirmation. Because you're the father of lies. That means the opposite must be true. You're telling me God doesn't love me very much? Well, he must love me a whole lot. You're telling me I'll never amount to anything? Well, I'm telling you this. That means i got a big future waiting on me. You're telling me I'll never be married again and love again? Well, I must have an awesome spouse waiting for me in the future. 
My children will never get better. They'll never return home. I can't wait till when I am reunited with my children and that relationship is mended again. See, I can't believe the lies. When I do that, as I proclaim that, I'm putting myself right back under God's authority in my life. I don't believe the lies. I don't walk under the authority of the lies. I walk under the authority of what God's word says about me and who I am. Look at this last statement. I have to be under. I must be under God's authority so he can place me in authority over the things he wants for my life. Are are you following the chain of command here? When I get under God's authority, he can place me over authority, in authority, over the things he wants in my life. And if you have not been placed in authority over the things in your life, could it be that you haven't submitted yet? I can't answer that question. You have to. But it all starts with submission. Listen, the Bible is full of teaching about us submitting to authority about us honoring authority in our life. And, and never once does it say we do it because that person deserves it. We do it because God's asked us to. Isn't that the way that God honored us? Did I deserve his love? No. Did I deserve for his son to come and die for me in my place? No. While we were yet sinners, he died for us. God honored us when we were at our lowest. God honored us when we were despicable. God honored us when we were failures. So it makes sense that he would want us to learn to honor other people this way. Because you have honored me, Lord. I submit now to you and your lordship in my life. And I submit now to those governing authorities. I submit to those you placed over my life. And I'm going to work as unto you. Because I'm submitted to you. And I will submit to them. Even when I don't like it. And what happens? I'm opening up a chain of flow that I can walk in a higher power of spiritual authority in my life. How many want that? Will you say, amen, I want that in my life? Amen. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. As you bow your heads, I want to ask you, first of all, just the most important question of the day is, have you submitted to God's authority? Have you surrendered your life to Jesus? Have you surrendered your life to Jesus and given your heart to him and, and say, I, I want to follow him. I, I want to be, I'm a believer now. I want to submit. I want to make... Jesus, my Lord and Savior of my life. I'm ready, Pastor. Some of you, maybe you, you've done this before. It's been a long time. You've, you, you've just been away from God for a long time. So today, I want to come back. I want to renew that relationship. Others, it may be your first time. Say, I've never done that, but I'm ready today. We won't do anything to single you out. We're not going to do anything to embarrass you, I promise. But without anybody looking at me, if that's you and you're ready to make that decision, can you just lift your hand up where I can see you this morning? I'd like to acknowledge that. Yeah, thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Want to raise a hand? Let me see it right there. Thank you. If you raise your hand, I want you to say this prayer after me and as Christians around you, we'll help you as well. We'll repeat it with you. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me my sins. Thank you for dying on a cross for me. I believe you are the Messiah, God's only son. And from this day forward, I will live for you. And I will follow you all the days of my life in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, we say welcome to the family of God. What an awesome day.